Hi, my name is Moshe Kindler, and I'm the publisher of The Jewish Link. Hi, this is Elizabeth Kratz. I'm editor of The Jewish Link. And you're on The Jewish Link Pitch Meeting Podcast. So we are here for season two of, uh, of The Jewish Link Pitch Meeting Podcast. We have a very, very special guest, Elizabeth, uh, is someone who uh, grew up in Teaneck, okay? He is someone who is also a uh, rabbi in the community, uh, Rabbi Daniel Friedman of uh, the Jewish Center of Teaneck. He is also a beloved uh, rabbi and teacher at uh, Torah Academy of Bergen County. Uh, I believe he is also a chaplain as well. Um, and is just as a kind of an, as as I was saying, his his his, uh, his profile, at least from my perspective and the Jewish Link community perspective, uh, he may disagree, he may beat me up, uh, has definitely gotten a little bit stronger uh, over the last few months, over the last year or so. Uh, but I just want to welcome Rabbi Friedman to uh, to the Jewish Link Pitch Meeting Podcast. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. It it it's been sort of a a voice of the Jewish community that we've needed voices to rise and I think Rabbi Friedman has been one of those voices in the community as particularly since the war and the aftermath of the attack on October 7th has uh, gained significant publicity Rabbi Friedman has been out in front representing the Jews we agree do you agree Rabbi? Um, it's very generous um, but um, you know, it's always about serving the people, and there are some needs right now that require a little bit of a different style of leadership. Right. It's it's complicated. There's there. It's fraught. Uh, people have been upset. People have been needing leadership, needing comfort a lot in in probably in both your drashot and also like different kinds of conversations. Um, and I understand, I think one of the reasons why we brought you here to the pitch meeting is uh, because both of you, you two, yeah. Moshe and Rabbi Friedman, will be joining a Bergen County mission to Israel uh, in just a couple of weeks, right? Two basically, weeks, basically. Right? We're very much looking forward to it. Rabbi Friedman, I'm very much looking forward to being there, to being there with you. Just tell us a little bit about the Bergen County mission. Okay, so, um, uh, you know, as everybody um, knows, you know, there's a great need right now in the people uh, of Israel, in Israel, uh, to be supported. Um, and um, you know, taking a step back, uh, from my point of view, uh, the war that began on October 7th uh, can be thought about in many different ways, but uh, for me the most important way has to do with division or machlokes, uh, within the Jewish people. Um, in the months and even years leading up to October 7th, uh, very sadly, as everybody knows, there were terrible divisions in the land of Israel, the Jewish people beyond. Um, and I think the spiritual work right now is about unity, is about achdos. Um, so everything that we've tried to do, in both locally and um, on this mission, is about achdos. Um, you know, it's about bringing people together. Um, it's so wonderful that we each have our shul, our yeshiva, um, whatever it is, but this is a time that we all need to stand together. Um, and um, that was the idea of a unity mission. Um, thank God there have been so many different missions uh, to Israel, which is a wonderful thing. And have you gone, by the way? I have not, um, and this is going to be my first one, but I really wanted to do this uh, in a way that reflected the central idea that Achtas is the need right now. 
Um, and so, uh, thank God, they told us uh, we're partnering with Mizrahi, who's like the world experts in the logistics of this, and Sulamot, which is uh, Rev. Ramon's organization that we've done a lot of work with uh, since the war started. They just told us that it's now the largest mission that's gone from anywhere um, in North America or South America, I think anywhere in the world, um, which is a wonderful thing. Um, but it's not the quantity. It's really the, um, the quality of, of going um, as a unity mission. And to say that we have, you know, very serious challenges and very determined enemies, very brutal enemies, um, and we have to stand up uh, for each other. You know, the Rambam has this uh, very famous line that I'll say uh, in, uh, in the translation in the laws of tzedakah. So the Rambam says, if a brother can't have compassion on a brother, who does he expect to have compassion on him? Um, this is a time for that. So... Um, that was the idea of the Unity Mission. And there's one additional piece which connects to a lot of work that we've been involved in. I think uh, everybody knows that October 7th, 7th never really ended for the Jews of southern Israel in what's called the Otef Aza, the Gaza Envelope is, is, area. Um, there are 22 communities there. They haven't been able to go home. It's just not safe. Um, and uh, Rev. Ramon's organization is basically doing a pairing idea where, um, you know, Jewish communities around the world can adopt a, a community and take care of their needs to ensure that they can safely return. The state is doing a lot. The army is doing a lot. But there are budgetary needs um, in all places that are not going to be covered. Um, the budget, as I think people know in Israel right now, is a massive deficit. Um, the war is uh, an unforeseen expense. Um, and so we're there to help. So as part of this mission, we're going to be visiting a place called Karim Shalom, which is actually the community which is closest to Gaza of all of the 22 uh, communities. It's at the triangle between Israel, Gaza, and Egypt. We're going to be meeting the people there who are not there. Um, and they're in a place called Ashalim. Um, and uh, then, God willing, we're going to be coming back and trying to raise a million dollars to make sure that the people of Karim Shalom have uh, what they need, which is all kinds of things like a reinforced ambulance and, a, and the Hamal, which is an intelligence center. But the point is, God forbid, that any Jewish community is left Yudenrein, because that to me, and I hope people will agree with this, is giving Hamas an unacceptable victory to say that we wiped out a Jewish town in the, in the land of Israel, so we have to come back, and we have to come back stronger, and we have to make it possible for our brothers and sisters to go back home. So that was the idea for the mission. And thank God, as always, the people did not disappoint. Um, and uh, they've come out in great numbers. How big is the mission? Actually, was, I was wondering. I, I'm, I'm on the WhatsApp group, but I haven't been able to count. So. Uh, so thank God. Right now we have 110 registrants, which is a lot. Um, they told us that max, 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 they could go to 130. Um, then it gets too complicated. Um, they're already bending over backwards in terms of logistics. But uh, thank God, you know, it's a wonderful thing. And what what communities and shuls are represented within that? So we have great rabbinic representation. So we have uh, Rabbi Rothwax from uh, Beth Aaron, uh, who's a very, very dear colleague. Um, and uh, we're so happy to have him. Rabbi Feldman, Rabbi Daniel Feldman from Orsadia is going to be coming with us. Rabbi Strauchler from Congregation Renat Yisrael. And then we have two Rebbitsons, not to be um, underestimated, I guess, Achrona Achrona Chaviva in this case, Rebbitson Chani Kron uh, from the Young Israel and Rebbitson Michal Goldberg from BMAB uh, who are joining us. And again, this is a reflection of the nature of the Achdas. Very broad, beautiful. It's actually interesting. I didn't realize. I mean, I didn't realize the unity was the was the major factor. Um, I'll tell you, as as a balabas or a community member, um, I think you have a lot of people 
who want to do something. You know, they just want to connect. It's not a, it's not only about achdos. It's about just, I feel like people just want to do something, and not everyone is as connected. Not everyone is flying to Israel. You know, they just, they're really looking for a way to do something, and they're, you know, they're not, they're not able to just get on a plane and figure it out. Uh, and I think this is a, this is a good opportunity for people to, you know, to, to join something a little bit more organized. Yeah, thank God. People, uh, like you say, Moshe, are really rising to the occasion. Yeah. It just sort of, um, I sort of have this complicated set of questions that I sort of broached before we started recording, but I, I guess I want to ask it and just throw it out there and have a conversation about the concerns that the Jewish community has within the municipality of Teaneck. Um, it's been going on since October 7th, um, and it just was this, um, Teaneck was just part of this paroxysm of stress regarding um, what what the Palestinian uh, and free Palestine community meant when they were, went out were, were waving their flags in Teaneck in the Jewish areas specifically and on the municipal green. Um, and what does that mean for us and ha- as Jews, uh, how can we support our neighbors in their wishes and their supports for their own state and wish for self-determination while also being the Jews that we are who feel that Israel is our home. Israel is our, in many ways, not not even our second home, but our true home, and we're just visitors here. But how can we reconcile those two ideas, and how can we be supportive of our neighbors while also uh, advocating for ourselves? Okay, so I just want to begin by um, uh, picking up on a word uh, that you used before, because I think it's very important and it's something I feel very deeply, which is uh, a message of comfort, actually. Um, I'm, I'm very deeply immersed in, in these issues and these problems, and, and they are real. Um, but um, we have to like bear in mind as we go through this, and it's very unsettling and very upsetting for us, and in many ways new for us, that um, this is not new for the Jewish people. Um, if you think about the long arc of Jewish history, this is sort of a regression to the historical mean, the anti-Semitism that our parents, grandparents, and every generation before that dealt with. We, uh, people who are my age or around my age, grew up in a, a golden era, a bubble post-Holocaust, um, when anti-Semitism, at least in, in this country, you know, was really not acceptable in polite society. Um, and so we're, we come from really good stock, and we are going to get through this. Um, it doesn't mean we shouldn't take it seriously. We, th- we 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 have to, and we have to be you know very vigilant. But I I don't. There's no panic in me. I'm I really um, am not frightened in that sense. Um, and I take a lot of strength and comfort in the history of our people, um, the Navi. Yirmiyahu calls the Jewish people the nation that survived the sword, Am Sri Dekharev, and we earned that title. So I feel pretty good about belonging to the Jewish people. Um, 
Uh, let me give one other sort of, you know, framing perspective, and then I'm happy, you know, to get into some of the details. So in, in a lot of ways, maybe the most important thing um, uh, about me isn't even that I, you know, grew up in Teaneck or, or that I, uh, you know, have the privilege of being a rabbi, which really is a privilege. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm a grandchild of a Holocaust survivor. Uh, my grandfather, Zechon Levracha, survived the war. Um, and I, I cannot um, articulate how much that has shaped my identity. Um, from the youngest of of ages, and um, the idea that the world can be, you know, a very difficult place with you know really great challenges and a lot of suffering um, is something that um, nobody ever needed to say out loud. Um, it was part of of the oxygen that we breathed, and. I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm not saying I was in any way the victim of any, God forbid. Uh, we always felt so privileged, and, and you know, I feel like it was a great honor, a great tzachos to, to be raised in that environment. So the idea that, you know, there could be very significant levels of anti-Semitism um, is not like a, a novelty. It's not a chiddush. Um, um, it's a new experience, you know, personally, um, but... It's something that I, I really felt like we were preparing our whole lives for. Um, and um, not, not an easy message to tell people, by the way. Um, not, I mean, it, meaning not everyone's ready for to, to like, oh, we're just back to where we were in the 30s and 1930s. Again. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's a really, um, a really, really good point. And not everybody has that same experience of being raised, um, you know, in, in that um, environment. Um, but that's why I really wanted to start with the message of comfort. We, you know, we, we are such a strong people um, in Israel and throughout the world. So um, I think when it comes to some of the municipal, you know, issues, um, you know, uh, it, it really is hard to separate from what happened in Israel on October 7th. Unfortunately, um, anti-Semitism had been upticking, you know, in different ways. There were different ways of looking at that, whether it was Charlottesville or Pittsburgh and, and different things that all felt unsettling. And, you know, if you look at the shuls or, or yeshivas that I grew up with here, no security, no nothing. So obviously that was changing slowly. And then you have October 7th and it's just, it explodes. Um, and so my, my grandfather, getting back to him, had this expression that he always used to say, um, which um, feels very apropos in this moment, called the thin veneer of civilization, meaning it's very thin. And then just beneath that, there's a lot of um, a lot of challenges that lurk. So, um, surprise is not a word that 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 I would use. Um, and so, you know, the idea of making sure that we stand together as we need to, we need to look out for each other, um, is um, number one. And number two, to try to reach out, as you indicated, to the the people of of good conscience who are who are out there, and they and they really are out there. We live in a social media era. There are fewer swing voters. It's the loudest person in the room, that kind of thing. It is a hard environment to get your, you know, a message out, but we can never give up on the fair-minded um, people in this country and our neighbors, and we, we will never give up on them. Um, and that has been a source of real strength. Just, you know, for example, um, it was only a week ago yesterday that we had two survivors of the Nova massacre in our shul, Again, the community, it's been incredible, really turned out there were like over a thousand people there. And I invited non-Jewish clergy and municipal leaders, and they came and to a person, they just said how meaningful it was to them 
there are really people of good conscience, and we shouldn't, you know, forget about those people um, who really, um, you know, um, have sympathy and have humanity to them. Um, so, you know, often it's the loudest voices, and you know, with social media, they have, you know, pretty far reach today. Um, but um, there are also good people out there that we that we can't forget about, and that's the greatness of the Jewish community. And just to you know tie it into something which will seem unrelated, but um, you know, there's a tragedy around the corner from our house on Palmer. Um, just a few weeks ago, there was a terrible um, accident, and a, a woman uh, was killed. Um, um, just driving her kids home from from school, um, uh, you know, from the African American community, um, and um, you know, it was a terrible thing. And um, you know, uh, two children left behind, and a third that she's taken care of. So, you know, the, to see how the Jewish community comes out, um, somebody sent me a WhatsApp message. One thing led to another. Uh, I knocked on on this fellow's door, introduced myself. As nice as could be, um, people um, supported financially. There are financial needs now. Uh, people looking to make meals and doing many other things quietly that I, you know I can't even talk about. But just the, the the community is always out there making a kiddush Hashem, and so we should always we care. It's a very sincere level of care, and anybody who is open. Um, I think is is receiving a very positive image. And if I could single out one group from you know the general society, law enforcement, mm. I, they tell me all the time how much respect they have. And these are not you know they're not partial to our, they just you know want to protect everybody in Teaneck, but they see the way that our community conducts itself. They see the dignity, the civility, um, and I just get so many comments. And obviously the admiration is mutual. We're so grateful to them um, and everything that they've done. Um, so, you know, again, just to, to tie it up, going back to my grandfather. That's, that's good to hear, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, going back to my, my grandfather, he always said to us that the first thing after he came after the war, so a long story that I won't get into of how he ended up coming to America and not what was in Palestine, but he grew up in an environment where the latent anti-Semitism was just so high before the war. And he said that to us always that the the non-Jews in America were lo- nothing like the non-Jews of Eastern Europe. And, the you know, it was just shocking to him in terms of their decency and civility. So he said, you always have to trust in the decency and civility of the average American. And I, I still believe that. So we have to reach those people. It's harder because they're, you know, agitators and social media environment. But, um, you know. I believe in the decency of the American people. That's true. Yeah. I also did, I wondered about the the ages of the people who are going on the trip and whether there are any younger people in their 20s or whether these are, you know, people, parents, grandparents who are going. Uh, because our kids now these days, I know I, I still have kids, uh, you know, uh, 10 and a little bit older than 10, uh, who I said to them, similar to what you said, um, I, I, I told them after after October 7th, I, I had the benefit of living in a world for 49 years where I never saw this level of hate, and now you're seeing it every day. And, you know, to my 10-year-old son, like, how does he's going to be able to enumerate and understand he he understands the israel-palestinian issue as well as i do at this point the the 
the younger communities have essentially educated themselves about what is who they are and why they have to be pro-Israel and why they go to yeshiva, why they wear a kippah. Like my kids know what their where their bread is buttered, but how can we, I guess, to and from between Israel and America, how can we help communicate and help partner uh, with them? And is there an opportunity with the um, with the community Karam Shalom, you said, um, to to have have kids missions at some point, maybe, or or kids communications, even letters, things like that, that we could involve our kids in. Yeah, great question. So, um, uh, so the the trip is cross lifespan. There are people who are in their twenties, and there are people who are you know many decades uh, older than that. I wouldn't say they're old. Just many decades old. Years than young. That. Years uh, young. Um, uh, so thank God, it's it's a great you know uh, cross section of the community. Um, uh, we actually you know just because of the nature of the of the trip and some of the things that we'll be doing, we didn't think it would be good for you know kids or, or younger teens, obviously. But Rebbe Sinchani Krohn um, is really taking the lead on this part of the mission and organizing um, uh, letters from uh, you know many 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 children. Um, uh, and um, and teens, and not only that, but is really taking the lead in organizing for, there are about um, 100 children in Karim Shalom, thank God, it's a youthful community um, uh, of all different ages, um, and uh, organizing games for them on the day that we go to make sure that they're recognized, um, uh, they've been displaced, and and many of them have been without um, their their fathers for the duration of the war. Um, that's true all over Israel, of, of course. But um, you know, so um, they're very much seen um, in terms of the the children, and and we want to you know incorporate them in all the ways that we can. Okay. So is the Unity Mission also bringing items to that community? Yeah. Oh, you're as you roll your eyes roll in the back of your head, <laughs> a lot of things in your living room and other people's <laughs> living rooms. So there's two things. That, no, it's, um, there's um, a, a wonderful um, group called Luggage for Israel, and people are bringing mm-hmm. just general duffels, and then also um, we're bringing some care packages for the residents of, of Karim Shalom as well. So, um, you know... Um, Everybody's everybody's doing their part. So the luggage for Israel issue is like this crazy thing where all the duffels came from America, right? Then they were emptied, and then people started needing to bring them home, right? And then fill them up again. How? What are we doing? What What's the deal? So where are the duffel bags? Um, like, <laughs> like at, all of them. <laughs> yeah. So the, the duffel bags are being sent from Teaneck. Like okay. Yeah. Packed. Fold, full duffel bags. Exactly. New, new each time. Yeah. With whatever they, you know, order. Okay. Um, okay. Like they, it, it always changes whatever the okay. needs are, and and then sent overseas. You know, so. Um, right, but aren't there empty duffel bags somewhere? And where are they? Is there like a big duffel bag? I don't know, but hold on. What are we? Do, do we know what we're taking though? Do we know? Do we know like any? So, like what kind of stuff we? Well, also, what what are the? What's in these care packages? So for, my understanding is that it's ranged from everything from like the most basic supplies for uh, you know batteries and and the like. Um, some uh, specialty requests that have you know uh, things. Obviously, the army does an incredible job outfitting. Um, you know, soldiers, but there are some things, um, you know, special kind of socks and yeah. uh, these kinds of things that, that uh, may be going, you know, uh, also. Um, so um, the, the amazing thing is, is that um, the, the luggage for Israel people are basically, um, their attitude is, you know, the people in Israel tell them and they will, it's not like they say, well, we only do linens or we only do towels. They'll, they'll take uh, whatever it is. So, um, you know, 
Um, and, and sometimes those uh, needs will change from week to week. So they said, whatever the February 20th needs are, going. that's what's going. Great. Yeah. I, I assume the luggage for Israel question is a question for them about where the <laughs> yes. physical duffel bags are and what happens to them on the other side when they're emptied. Like, th- doesn't this bother you? It's not something that <laughs> no. keeps you guys up at night? Elizabeth, no, don't Sorry. Worry. I'm okay. not worried about duff- extra duffel bags in Israel. They'll figure okay. a place for them. That's funny. Uh, but you know what, Elizabeth? I think I think it's sorry. interesting. I'm I want to know. I'm gonna, I'll get you an answer. I promise okay. you. I will. Okay. I, will just, I actually yeah. think it would be interesting. At some point, we had an idea of doing a piece about following a single duffel bag as it went oh. from you know packing to the airplane to the to the luggage the baggage claim to wherever it's going. So I can, I can tell you a really funny story about that. Um, uh, so we have like I think a lot of people we have like uh, we happen to live on uh, Carroll Place so. Um, uh, there's like a Carol Place WhatsApp uh, group, and um, very early on in the war, so again the duffel bags were going, and you know people in this community they're just amazing, and so one family had sent like their kids' duffel bag from sleepaway camp. I don't know what sleepaway camp oh. it was, so um, um, and it went to the soldiers, and it had whatever you know things that they needed, and it still had like the the kids like. It, it, Name so, and address on it. Exactly, his right? information. So the soldier, I guess, you know, got a down moment and contacted the kid and was like, oh, it's really nice that you sent us your duffel bag. So a bunch of the women on our block, um, just to, to, to lighten things a little bit, said, oh, I didn't realize, you know, the soldiers are responding to the duffel bags. I have a single sister. Maybe they should send their, <laughs> they should send their, they should send their duffel bags oh. too. You know, it's a good way for people to meet. So don't, don't okay. underestimate the duffel That's bag. Great. It's a good question. Um, and people can meet. So right. this has already been discussed right. on the WhatsApp group of Carol Place. Uh, not, not as funny, but we had a Rabbi Shlomo Brody who was on the mm-hmm. air a few times. Yeah. So I think you know everybody. So yeah, he sure. basically he came here uh, for about uh, about six eight weeks ago and brought duffel bags of tzitzis, brought them to Ramaz, okay, where they with basically separate tzitzis, the you know the the tzitzit and the and the actual the, the garment itself. The kids I think put together six hundred or eight hundred, and he took them back. Back, right? Basically, the the rabbi said there was a and, and we 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 actually were were skeptical. And uh, we said to him, well, that seems really odd. He said that it was really, it was the rabbinate, the military rabbinate said it was worthwhile for him to schlep two huge, huge bags, bags because, uh, because of a sense of, you know, of, a, of responsibility, of just shared responsibility. And, and uh, we thought he was crazy. We were laughing. But at the same time, there was also something very beautiful in it. So, uh, yeah. Is I also, I've, this may not be quite as funny, but I, because my mother-in-law lives in Vienna and my sister-in-law was there with us when we were visiting during yeshiva break, uh, we were in Vienna in a shopping mall desperately seeking these thermal socks because her friend, she was going to Israel after uh, visiting Vienna, her friend said, my son's regiment does not have any socks. They, they're without thermal socks. It's freezing cold. And she, she's like running through this mall, like like piling up thermal socks. And then, at, and then there weren't even enough. And so she's like Amazon.de, which is like, you know, the German version of Amazon. <laughs> she used up, she, apparently Israel is out of socks. So she she was she was really taking it on herself, and my kids were in there like putting putting little um, little index card thank yous in between the socks as they were as we were packing her duffel bag in Vienna. But it was it was fun, but also a little bit ridiculous because like I'm like, why is my mother in law like 
like holding she's on a walker she has like six pairs of thermal socks like like in the shopping mall in vienna wow. but wow. okay we're 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 ish ishi ishim yehudim or whatever yeah. we're jews <laughs> Yeah, no, hundred percent. Well, so yeah. So by the way, just the one last thing: Are we looking? For, do, we, are we, do we want to try to get to one hundred and thirty? Do we try to? We think it. Do we, do we, we want? Should we try to push to for attend. another twenty or so? So or? we we will. We, you know, we're we're going to keep it open as long as we can, um, because you know we really think that these are life changing opportunities, um, and have the capacity to really support our brothers and sisters. Um, you know, so uh, you know we're going to try to keep it open for a few more days and probably. Already, you know, Sunday of uh, of this uh, coming week, we're probably going to have to close it up because, uh, you know, um, there's just so many logistics, which bus and you know, roommates and a lot of things that have to happen. So, um, you know, a few more days. But but Karim Shalom and Tinek will be a enduring relationship. We hope, like a like a sister. City yes, concept. yes. So we we are going to make sure that when we come back, we're going to do everything to make sure that they get back. You know, as soon as possible, God willing. Um, Obviously, it all depends on the war, and right. uh, you know we don't we we don't, we don't want to overpromise in terms of where the timeline is. Nobody knows that right now. We part of this whole period, this whole kufa is patience, and we we need it. Um, these problems are not going to be solved soon, but we are um, committed to doing whatever it takes that we can do. Um, I actually mentioned this to Reverend Moan. There's a beautiful peace. Um, the, the Ramban is very famous amongst all the, the rabbis in terms of selling, saying that there's actually a mitzvah, one of the 613, to live in the land of Israel. But what people don't appreciate as much about that is that he says, in addition to that, that um, we should not leave the land of Israel desolate. Shalom And I always argue, and I told this to Reverend Moon, and he agreed, that um, that means that even if you don't live there, you can't let it lay desolate. We have to do what we can. So to have a Jewish community that was bustling with Jews that isn't, that was attacked. And that's true in the South. That's true in the North. Um, so, you know, I'll be satisfied. Um, we have to do our part. Our part is Karim Shalom. But, you know, as they say, Odi Shama Yerushalayim, I will be happy when in the 22 Otef communities and hopefully another 22 more, and in every Northern community, you hear the sound of kids playing and life bustling, and that's the ultimate message to our enemies, that they will never break us, no matter what. They haven't, and, and they won't. Amen. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Rebbe we're, we're, we're looking forward to being in Israel with you, looking forward to achieving the goals of, of the Unity uh, mission. Um, I'll also be reporting about it as well, writing and, and doing some social media, so make sure you're ready for, uh, for some of those opportunities when, when we're going. Uh, I certainly will be. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for all you do. Thanks for being with us on the Jewish Link Pitch Meeting Podcast. If you would like to participate or be in touch with us in any way, please email us at editor at jewishlink.news and follow us and find our podcast wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts.